and we are back. Well, actually, all right, let's, let's roll it. Let's roll it real quick. Oh, come on. We're going to roll it. we to roll Ah, much better. Okay, now we're back. We gotta have that. <laughs> oh, gotta, gotta have it. Man, happy Friday, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the 11th edition here of Black Friday. My name's Christian. Got one more. We got Chris. Uh, Dayla is with family right now currently, so we're letting her do her own thing. Uh, we're going to try to handle business without her. Very daunting task, but I think we're up for it. <laughs> oh, man. We'll try. Man, I mean, I had a good Christmas. I had a, had a good New Year with family. It's really nice being out in California, getting to see everybody. Uh, life on the West Coast is different. I'll tell you what, flying into San Francisco, I didn't like it. I didn't like it from the second I landed, second I touched down, to when I got off the plane. All in all, I'm just, I'm not a fan. It's just, it's weirder than it's ever been. I'm, I don't like it at all. So, uh, family's nice. California, not so much. I can feel that. I mean, honestly, being in Michigan right now, my whole family's still a little uh, about COVID. They're a little scared. So it, I spent Christmas just, you know, immediate family relaxing, which is nice. But, um, you know, it is different to not see like the whole family. This is the time of year for family. And a lot of people are really afraid of COVID. Um, so, you know, hopefully this next year we'll, we'll see some some changes and hopefully we can start seeing family again. To be honest, my family, um, most of them were there, but they were there in pockets. So if you, it, it's hard to explain. Like my New Orleans family, if you're within one sect of it, everyone was there. And we didn't really need to wear a mask, even though we have old people, like 80s and 90s. But um, no, Christmas was fun. Um it was my first Christmas with my nephew, so that was nice. Um, New Year's was okay. Uh, my sister and my nephew just left, so I'm a little bit upset about that because they're leaving me, but hey, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know about y'all. I love my family to death. I love them all. I am going to put them on blast right now. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I couldn't deal with the fact that they wouldn't hug me. Uh, older cousin wouldn't shake my hand. You know, I, I don't think one hug is going to kill my aunt. I don't think one fist bump is going to kill my cousin in his 50s. You know, I don't know what, what's been going on. I think everybody's drinking the media Kool Aid way too hard, but. They're, they're especially, they're very God-fearing people. My goodness, it's a virus, and they're not going to church and not doing anything. Like, man, the virus took over. They ain't afraid of, ain't afraid of God no more. It's the virus. And I, I was just, that was the one thing. It kind of like, I I had that happen. I'm like, all right, like, I'm good. Like, can we leave? Like, I felt bad. I felt bad about it. But I was just like, you know, like, mom, dad, grandma, everybody, like, man, I, I couldn't do and I don't know if y'all had that, if y'all had that sort of thing happening too, but man, I didn't like that at all. The the closest thing that I had to that was during Christmas dinner, uh, in like a family group chat. Uh, they were all like, "Let's get on a Zoom call." 
I'm like, this sounds, this is, no, I don't want to get on a Zoom call. I'm enjoying my, you know, my ham, my mashed potatoes and gravy. I don't got time for Zoom. And of course my mom's like, oh, it'll be fun. It was terrible. Like, I love my family. I do with all of my heart, but I don't want to sit up on a Zoom call. Come see me in person. Let's, you know, enjoy each other's company. I understand COVID. If you're scared of COVID, uh, you know, I apologize about that. You can live your life however you want, but I want to see my family, you know, in person. Um, this is my daughter's first Christmas, my first Christmas as a family. We actually were able to, uh, the change of scenery, we were able to move, thank the Lord, on, you know, the 23rd, <laughs> which was right before Christmas. So I was spending Christmas taking out boxes and stuff and trying to paint these rooms. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, Christian, I love my family to death, but I can't, uh, I'm not on board with the COVID scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, Christmas on the move, man. That's that is something. That is something you're not gonna forget. Wow. That one's gonna stick with you forever. So that's quite the experience, man. Congratulations on the first Christmas with your little family, too, man. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was, it was nice. It was nice. I, I I basically rewrapped one of her presents from the baby shower because she ain't gonna remember. It was nice though. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, you man. wrapped a baby shower present. Yeah, she she wasn't gonna know. She don't need to know. She she could even open she, the present. What if she looks back on this episode? She might. She, she might. You never know. You did that to me. Know. Well, you didn't know. I, I don't know what the statute of limitations are for getting put in the doghouse over something that happened, but you know, you might be in trouble. <laughs> uh, I, women remember for a long time, so we'll we'll see. Twenty years right. from now. This is bad. Daily shouldn't let us do this, man. This is like toxic masculine <laughs> hours right now. This is this is bad news, man. This right. She kind of balances that stuff out. Now this is the we're in trouble now. <laughs> it's, it's we're getting into locker room territory. We're going down. Um, oh. we, we can't succumb to it. We can't do that. <laughs> okay. So uh, you know, as, as we all know, uh, the president's been tweeting up a storm. I have all the notifications on. Uh, big time, January 6th, uh, something really big is going down in D.C. Omar, what do we have going on? Okay, well, everyone should know that when you elect the president, it does not happen November 3rd or I should say the second Tuesday, no, first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. It doesn't happen then, and it really doesn't happen during when the Electoral College votes. It happens when those votes are certified in a joint session of the new Congress. So once everyone is sworn in, they raise a hand on, put their other hand on the Bible and are sworn in as members of the House and the Senate, then they, in an, in this type of an election year, in a presidential election year, they will go into a joint session with um, the speaker who is Nancy Pelosi and the vice president who is still Mike Pence presiding over that. At that point, Congress has the power to actually throw it all out. They have the power. They have the constitutional and. Um, I, can, you, can you walk through that in more detail right there? If you could. Yeah, yeah. They have the constitutional power. What will happen is they will call for a joint session of Congress. So I believe everybody will be in one room. Um, so all hundred senators, all four thirty-five members of the House, all five thirty-five should be in same exact room um they will go state by state in what is already because it's because the electoral college already voted and they don't actually meet 
in one central location. They go, each state goes to like their state house and and votes. Um, DC probably goes to their town hall. Um, so what happens is they the paperwork that basically says we the electors of let let's just choose my state, the state of Georgia, vote for who they voted for, Joe Biden. So they come down, they're all red, and then they are voted upon to certify or not to certify. Usually um, nothing really comes of it, meaning that they're all gonna be certified because nobody has made a big uproar about it. But one member of the house in conjunction with one member of the Senate can object and then the election will become contested meaning that the House and the Senate have to agree, a majority of the House and a majority of the Senate have to agree to throw it all out. And I think it's a simple majority. I don't think it's two thirds. I could be wrong on that part, but I believe it's by simple majority. Knowing that the Democrats will have the House and knowing that there are a number of Senate Republicans that will not vote to throw the election out more than likely, this is going to go to Joe Biden. Um, there are there's another lawsuit out there by Louis Gomert, who is a rep, U.S. representative from Texas, yeah. that would have given Vice President Pence more power to um, throw out the entire election by counting which ones he wants to count. So counting which electoral votes he Mike Pence wants to count, but the House and other um, and I think some Senate Republicans are trying to get that thrown out. So basically, I hate to throw in the white towel, but that that's what's going to happen on the 6th. Basically, this is political theater. Um, now, if we did have the House, I would have been more optimistic about it. But since we don't have the House, um, I think Senate Republicans are just going to do what they want to do or um, do what they feel that they have to. Honestly, think if we had it, it still wouldn't matter because they wouldn't do it. I, I still don't think they would do they it. They might have had a spine if if we would have won the house. Well, I I I think they might have done it. Except for Ben Sass, we can't count Ben Sass because Ben Sass voted against Trump twice. He voted for Mike Pence in sixteen and in twenty. No, I mean, yeah, there's too many in the Senate that were wishy washy even in this election coming mm -hmm. through. You know they're not going to go stick up for it and in the house, and it was put on clear display when you saw how they voted for the COVID stimulus relief. You saw how they all voted in the house and in the Senate. And you think those are the people that are going to stand up and contest an election? They can't even stop and contest the freaking budget getting passed. These people, I, I wouldn't put it up to them. No, I don't, no, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Christian, but I do. But it would have. Um, it would have been wide, more wide open if we had the house. Um, but, but like I said before, nothing usually comes of this. Usually everything is certified. Um, I think there's been only a couple of times in history where, where they've had contested elections and it, then they tried to throw it back to the house and then back to the um, Senate to choose president and vice president, but none of this is going to happen this time. Um, you know, at this point, we're going to have to say, hey, we're just going to have to reshape, retool, 
work our butts off and put someone up in 2024, which it could be Donald Trump. Donald will be what? <laughs> 78? And uh, Joe Biden 78 now and Joe Biden won. So why not Trump? Uh, it could be Don Jr. It could be Nikki Haley. I don't I don't know. I don't know who that person is, but it looks like it looks like we got four years of Kamala Harris. We don't have four years of Joe Biden. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like that's going to be the case. And for all of, you know, the Trump supporters out there that are watching, you know, I, I don't want to throw in the white towel. But, you know, guys, it's uh, it's over. We, we lost. It's, I'm sorry. It's not it's not going that way. And I'm not saying, like, let's not fight. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, though, you got to know when you lost. And, guys, it's just we we lost i don't i it is a one percent chance that this will happen and that you know the congress will say that okay well trump gets the win but you know like christian and omar were saying they just don't have i just don't think it's in the cards it's not going to happen gotta you know pick somebody who is and i don't i hate when people get offended when you say this you got to pick somebody better in 2024. They're like, oh, are you, not, are you saying Trump's not great? Are you saying he's not? No. Well, he lost, so we need somebody better. Like, whether he lost, you know, some people will say that he lost uh, unfairly. Okay, well, the legal routes have all been taken, and it seems like Joe Biden still has won. Whether or not it was legitimate or a legitimate election. Um, personally, I think that there was fraud. I don't think... Was there enough fraud to like change the election? That's a good question. I don't have the answer to, but there definitely was fraud. There's evidence of it, but we just got to pick somebody better. Hopefully it's not somebody of the Trump family. We don't need any more political families. I'm just going to say that. Dynasties are where it's at, man. Come on. You got the <laughs> California. Oh, oh, come on. Now, you know, you don't like dynasties. thing is where I'll disagree a bit on this is, is regards to Trump as a candidate and everything is he still pulled in 74 million votes. I don't see anybody in the GOP base that can rally that many people or get that many votes and it all set up that way. And I don't know where the state of the GOP goes after this. Uh, you know, if this doesn't pan out the right way, which it's looking like it's not going to. And so now we're looking at what direction is it going and what candidate's going to fit that mold to go off and keep going on this more uh, everyday working American on the, you know, more the America first uh, movement here, so to say, for the president's instituting his agenda that cares more about uh, the, you know, blue collar workers, industrial workers, um, you know, being tough on China. You know, not not you know, simping out there to all the you know, foreign countries out there and just giving out millions and millions of dollars and bombing them into oblivion. You know, so who's I, I don't know who's going to take over, what what direction it's going to go after here, but there's still a fired up base that's kind of needs to be uh, you know heard and, and needs to be attended to. And I don't I don't know where we go after this and, and who's going to be the person to take it up. I mean, we all heard Mike Pence speak this past weekend. And I thought it was great, but that man cannot go off the prompter to save his life. And he's a through and through politician. I don't know if that's what's going to get the job. Like, and then the next cycle for like the GOP, just a standard, just establishment type, just reads it through, just good, get, gets it all done. I, I don't know if that's it. So, yeah, uh, speaking of uh, questioning, I don't know. Speaking of that, like, fired up base, you know, I, I want to like urge everybody out there who's, you know, conservative, libertarian on the right, be fired up and stay fired up for these next two years. And not even two years, if you are interested or if you are, you know, uh, 
if you really believe in the conservative movement or uh, the right leaning movement, then go out and do something about it. Like volunteer for a campaign, run yourself. Like you do not have, and you know, there were a lot of speakers at um, SAS that were talking about this. You need to run yourself. You need to go out and do it. Um, and this is a great time to do it. Like uh, general, generally the year after presidential election, the party that lost the presidential election does better. So if you are looking to go run, then go run now if you're conservative, because I guarantee you in 2022, everyone's going to be upset that President Kamala Harris is doing some, you know, effed up stuff. And they're probably going to come out and vote for you and support you. So I would say go out, either volunteer, door knock, do some calls or run yourself, because as as long as you're of legal age, you should be you should be running. You should be doing something school board, you know, mayor, whatever you want to do run and you know change your local governance because that's what matters to you it really shouldn't be the president that matters so much it's an issue we have in our country i'm glad you said that chris um running in local elections when you think about it all politics is local and all decisions that affect you are local so if you run if you don't like how your local offices are going, if you don't like your mayor because you have policy issues with him or her, or you don't like your city council, run against them. It it actually will change their mindset as well if you give them a good run. And then you may even win and make a difference. You're making a dip, just by running, you make a difference. You win, you really are gonna make more of a difference if you win, but just by running, and putting your face out there and getting people to believe in something that's bigger than themselves. That is probably one of the most important things we can do as conservatives and as libertarians right now. Um, I will say this, I think I think we're projected to win back the house. Um, if we keep the Senate this time, I'm look, I've been looking at projections that will keep the Senate as well, or it looks, or the map looks more favorable to us. Um, so that's at a federal level. Um, at a state level, I think we're gonna be great, but run at your local level. But if you think you can go for state, I mean, or national level, I mean, look at Madison Cawthorn. He believed that he had something to offer. He believed that he his voice was critical for not only his district, but the entire uh, state of North Carolina. And look at him, now he's congressman elect, about to be congressman, Cawthorn. Um, same with Byron down in, Byron Donalds down in um, what, Naples, Florida? Naples, Florida. It, Victor Burgress in Utah. Those people really thought to themselves, hey, I can actually make a difference. I see what's going on. I see what's going on in my community as well. This is how we can fix it. And they went out there, they ran a good race and they won. You can do it. Um, I, I've seen local people here in Mississippi do it. Um, getting the lo local people in Georgia that, have, that are doing it as young people. Um, so go out there. Yeah. I'll, I'll even make it just even simpler. You don't, not sure you don't even have to run, but you do have city council meetings and those are open to the public. Yeah, yeah. You are allowed to voice your opinions. Show up and figure mm -hmm. out what these people are doing because everything that's happening in that meeting is going to affect you. 
There you go. You want to voice your opinion about certain things that you think is wasteful spending, or just a waste of time, or you don't like with the direction that it's going. Mm -hmm. This is your chance to go ahead and voice your opinion. You pay taxes. This is, you're fully entitled to this. And that's your city, too. That's your area, too. Uh, and you have the right to go out there. People are trying to recall the governor right now, Gavin Newsom, for everything he's done. You have the right to go out there, sign petitions, get the petitions rolling. Um, and the biggest thing here, too, is that in the midst of all this COVID nonsense and the pandemic is that your local sheriffs are the ones that control the power in regards to enforcement. You guys elected good sheriffs. You should be okay. I know if you didn't elect a good one, you might be in a bit of trouble. Hold those people accountable. Hold everything around you accountable here. Because what they're doing in D.C. doesn't come back here unless the people here enforce it. Literally, it doesn't happen unless the people out there actually, you know, take the step and then go ahead and do it. So that that's totally like that's stuff that's totally in your power and stuff that you can change on your own. Um, you feel totally impassioned too, like Omar and Chris are saying, go out and run. Uh, you know, get the platform together, you know, get it rolling, mm -hmm. and make it happen. No, 100%. You definitely need to go and make that, make it known that you're not just going to stand around and take it. Um, a big thing here in regards to all this is that even though chances aren't looking, you know, chances of this you know, getting overturned aren't looking great right now, and it looks pretty slim, take a look at your local congressmen, women, uh, senators, and look how they're responding and how they're acting here. Because if you have some weak people that won't fight back or question things, that just take it as it goes, you should probably look for somebody else. You should probably hold them accountable, too, because that's not what you elected them to do. That's not what you voted for them to do. So this is your chance to go ahead, look at it, and say a few years back, if it's you can primary, primary them, the House of Reps. Their Senate terms up. You start looking for a better Senate candidate. Some of you want to run in the Senate. There's, these people work for us, mm -hmm. and that that's who their, constitu their constituents are. It's not... DC. That's not, that's not why they're in DC. They're in DC for you, not for anything else. That's all supposed to be not special interest, not you know whatever. Oh, we got we got to play along with it. No, no, no. It, that's not how it goes. That's not what it's supposed right. to be. So that's that's we all, everything you know through the presidential election, through all that. The people here that you elected to fight need to be fighting, and if they're not, change it. Make them change. All right. So. Going on to that, um, so we got the Georgia, you got the Georgia runoff elections, and I got a I got a big question here. The Georgia Senate races, Wait, did it go through? Is it? Did it not make it? Oh, here we go. Biggest question here for you guys here that, I, that I've been wondering: Should Georgians vote in the Senate races? See, I actually didn't understand the uh, the rationale until I was talking to a friend and he was like, I, I was like, why would anybody tell them not to vote? And he's like, well, if they don't vote and no one votes and then you see the curve and then you'll mm. see that the, the machines are rigged and it's obviously a, a rigged election. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just a gamble. This is, it's it's really a gamble. And it's saying that's that- like, I even asked it for, but that's very interesting. I haven't even thought about that. I yeah. I, I didn't think about it like that either. I thought it was just like a like basically like a protest, like take a knee, you know, like sit it out and you know say like these Republicans aren't doing anything, so we're not voting for them. I thought that was how it like was meant to be originally, but if, this is just from what I had the conversation with. He was saying that uh, what's Linwood uh, was saying uh, that you know if you don't vote, then you'll be able to see the uh whole discrepancy in the machines and the results and it'll, you'll basically be able to see that it's rigged and i'm like okay well that would be perfect 
if like the system wasn't rigged, if it's rigged, then what's taking it, like what's stopping them from like rigging something else or rigging it again? Or even if it's not rigged, then we just lost and we lost the Senate. And now you have a Democrat president, House and Senate. I just think it's too risky. I think that go out and vote, like vote, you should vote. Um, and then we'll we'll see what happens um, with this election. And if there's more fishy you know, evidence, then we'll, we'll deal with it then. But I think people should vote. What do you think, Omar? Yeah, people need to go out and vote. Um, and, and people have been voting. I think it's been a record number of people voting in a in a Georgia runoff. Um, I know there's like 80,000 more people that did not vote in the general. They're voting now in the runoff. Um, so people should go out and vote, um, especially those Doug Collins folks that may be discouraged right now. Uh, if you really want the Senate to flip, then don't then sit down and go home and not go home. Stay home. If you really want the Senate to flip blue, um, yeah. it, it, you know, it, you, you just got to go out and vote, because if you don't vote, um, you can't really complain. My thing is, I think they should go out and vote, but I can understand why they don't want to or where they feel like they shouldn't be obligated to because they shouldn't be. The, the whole premise here that we've been doing for so long in the GOP and all these elections is that vote for me because we're not them. And that doesn't seem to get, that doesn't get the job done anymore for me at least. I, I at least demand more than that. I think they have to provide something tangible rather than just we're not them. As awful as Warnock and Osif, or Osif, I don't know how he says last name oh. is. Awesome. You got it right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, as terrible as those guys are, but just saying we're not them, that's not cutting it necessarily. Uh, I haven't even heard yet. Is Purdue and Leffler, are they going to contest the, the election results at all? Are they, are they going to be fighting in any sort of way? These guys, are, are they even going to do anything in regards to that? Are they too worried about their status and standing out there in the Senate that they're not going to you know, go out there and serve the constituents that just went through a brutal election in the whole state of Georgia, which they probably should have won and probably could have won? But now they're not going to you know, fight anymore for that. And then people that have poured countless dollars and energy and time knocking doors and everything into this. Mm. And you, there's no guarantee that these people are going to go fight for you if you go ahead and elect them anymore in the Senate just for the fact that you're not them. I mean, I can understand why they don't want to. It, it, it gets tiring. It, it gets tiring of, you know, putting the same old people in there that do the same old stuff all the time. I can understand why people don't want to. I can't force them to. But it'd probably be better if they did and we didn't lose the Senate. But it, it's exhausting. You know, they, they want fighters out there. We want fighters now, and these people aren't it. We're not running great candidates, unfortunately. We're, we're not in the, in the GOP at all. And that's something that they're going to have to, you know, fix very, very quickly because these people wow. are holding people accountable. But, yeah, I, I mean, and I've always said, you know, stay home. You know, if you don't vote, you don't get an opinion. But in, the, in a, regards to all this turmoil and stuff going on, you got Mitch McConnell. You got everything else in the world going on. I, I get why you wouldn't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. You're tired. You're done. This has been an awful last three months since the, you know, the election and everything. We're looking at the last two, two months, you know, since November. It's brutal. It's absolutely awful. So, now, Well, Christian, I'll say this. Um, the Purdue one is probably more important than Loeffler, and I'm going to tell you why. Purdue is up for a six-year term. Do we really want to give the Democrats a six-year 
seat at this point. Also, Purdue has the name. I mean, then again, he is writing off of his cousin's coattail, who, and his cousin is Secretary Sonny Purdue, who used to be governor of Georgia a while back. But I, I think that Senate seat is important in saving, no matter how you feel about it, only because it's a six-year seat. Loeffler, her term will be up in two years because it's not her term, it's former Senator Ikeson's term. I, I believe it's Ikeson and not Chamberlain's, I think. Um, but it's his term that she is filling. And then in two years, it'll be up for a full six-year term. So honestly, if, if, if we're playing pick and choose, let's at least pick Purdue. Um, Purdue has been more than likely a, sol a more solid conservative than a lot of people in the U.S. Senate. Um, it's, but I do get what you're saying. People are tired. Um, people want better from their senators. People want to know that these folks are up there making this nearly $200,000 a year of our taxpayer money. Of course, they can pay more with special interest and everything, but um, at least our taxpayer dollars should be working for us. Um, I get why some people will feel that in Georgia. I understand that. Um, but I'm, I'm throwing a limb out here for Purdue just because the situation is a little bit different from Loeffler. But I mean, teach his own. You got, you still got a little personal beef with Loeffler? Yes, I still do. All right, see, we got to factor that in. See, look at this, Chris. We are doing it right now. I that a little bit, but, but there's a bit of a bias. Years. It, it, it's two years. Then, it, But I also get the argument from the Loeffler campaign. Do you want to give um, two years up? Because think about it. You've got Mitt Romney that'll roll over in a heartbeat. Um, Suzanne Collins, even though she just won a six-year term, and, I'm, and I would like to trust her a little bit more, it, she's a little murky. Murkowski. Speaking of Mur Murky, Murkowski, yeah, Murkowski is up in two years. So I, I don't know how she's going to feel, even though Alaska has been a, Repu a reliably Republican state for a long time. I don't know how that one's going to go up because a few years ago, they just had a Democratic senator during the Obama administration. So it could happen again. Um, so so it, it, that's how the Senate is going to roll over. So we need as much many conservative votes as possible, but then again, I, I don't know what to say about Kelly. I, I, I mean, like Joe, Joe Biden, Biden basically is. won because they had a whole movement settle for Joe. Like he he got people did not come out to vote for Joe Biden because they love Joe Biden. They came out to vote because they hated Donald Trump. No, we right. need. As the conservative side, we need to go out and vote. Maybe not because you love the politician. And I am telling you, and I am like encouraging you, if you do not like that politician, replace them. You should replace them, or you should find somebody to replace them. Do not let them take that seat and live with it forever because they will do that. But mm -hmm. in this specific race where we're counting on the Senate to basically be the stop against a Joe Biden presidency and all of the awful things that they want to do. And then, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi's house, we need the Senate. So maybe you should settle. Maybe you should just vote and come out and vote and vote for Loeffler, vote for Purdue. And then if you, if they are not doing what you want, if they are wishy-washy Republicans, or if they aren't representing you how you want them to, 
then replace them. You should replace them in two and in six years. Um, two for Loeffler, six for Purdue. See, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soraka, Warnock, and Ostaf. Uh, Ostaf is awful on the Second Amendment in its entirety. He's absolutely terrible. Raphael Warnock is a China. Fraud. He's a fraud pastor. He's a fraud pastor with uh, verifiable sexual assault claims at his church camps. We're throwing urine on little kids. Awful things happening all over. A reprehensible human being. I, I couldn't see anybody have that guy in the Senate at all. It's, a, it's he should be behind bars right now. It's it's absolutely ludicrous. So yeah, no, hundred percent. I can get behind that. We'll, we'll take care of the short term, and then long term, we can go ahead and get those people replaced and put the right people in. But yeah, you know, I don't like conceding anything, anyways. I hate losing. I don't want to lose anything. So yeah, I definitely. No, this is done. Okay, so we got that. Um, big deal these last two weeks. It's very, very interesting because it's actually got uh, some people on the right and left uniting, got some sort of bipartisan support in the COVID relief bill because mm-hmm. everybody said it was crap because it was filled with crap. <laughs> and you know, Omar, walk walk us through this if you can. If you can give us a timeline of how this started, passed, and then where we're at with it now. Okay, the COVID relief bill. Basically, negotiations started after the CARES Act, which was the. I think technically it's the that was the third relief bill because there there have been four, we're now five um, in all, but negotiations for a long longer term relief bill started i believe in may and they have stalled out until now um a big part of it was state liability or maybe it was business liability that republicans wanted to make sure that businesses would not um get in trouble for basically laying off their workers, I believe. I could be wrong on that, but that was a, but it was a liability issue that was big for the Senate Republicans. What was big for the House Democrats was, of course, the stimulus checks were big, but also it was sending money to states. Not not foreign nations. It was, this was how we got to this point. Um, It was sending money to state and local governments because they were in a shortfall. But there was so much money left from the CARES Act for these states that were in a shortfall that it didn't make any sense. So they were back and forth. And then, of course, they couldn't um, agree on the stimulus checks. And then you have Trump since August oh, yeah. saying, Wait, hey, Minnesota asked for money. Minnesota was asking for funds, weren't they? Right after, after George Floyd and everything. When Minnesota was burning, didn't they ask for federal money? Yeah. They yeah. Did. After they let their city burn, and then they asked for money to help fix it after letting it burn. Yeah, and then okay. they and then they blamed part of part of it was because of COVID. But uh, mm-hmm. and then you had other states doing that when you saw riot, more riots happening and things like that. So that was really big for the Democratic Party, obviously. Um, so what we got now is, and this and this is what should have happened. Okay, if you're gonna put all of that. Um, <clears throat> foreign aid pork as uh trump called it which i don't know why he said pork i actually like pork. but anyway if you're gonna put all of that in there then you put then you attach it to the spending bill 
that is under spending and really discretionary spending, which means discretionary, meaning you can take that spending away at any given point. Um, that's where it should have been. It should not have been in the $900 billion COVID relief bill because none of that money is going towards American relief. There, That's going towards um, Egypt building up its military, which probably... If I if I were Egypt, I'd go I'd be going against us because that's what's in their best interest. Um, so if you're going to attach all of that foreign aid, you put it in the actual spending bill, which it was part which they attach it because this is how Congress does. They'll attach bills to each other so that they can pass them through quicker. So the COVID relief bill was was attached to the 1.4 omnibus. Uh, spending bill. So basically you have a $2.3 trillion package that went through, um, except it goes in different parts. So they hid all of that money in the re COVID relief bill, knowing that it would get passed anyway, because heck, we need a relief bill. We need to pass a, a spending bill. The government can't shut down, yada, yada, yada. But, it, but um, that's why people are upset. That's why the president was upset and did not sign it for a while because yeah. it should not be in a COVID relief bill. That money should be set aside to businesses, to struggling families, to uh, for people that really do need the unemployment assistance. And we should have gotten bigger. You know what? Me personally, am I not going to turn down the stimulus? No, I'm not going to turn it down. I think it's a bad idea because it's going to dilute the deficit, but I'm not going to turn down the money. Nobody is. But if you're going to give stimulus checks, they should be bigger because this whole uh, what they put for foreign aid, one hundred sixty four million dollars going to Burma or Israel or things like that. No, it if it's going to be a covid relief bill, it needs to be for American workers. Um, well, what do you what do you guys think about that? How many pages was the bill? I want to say it was in the thousands. It might have been five. 5,534 or something like that. Yeah. 5,000 pages. They dropped it on the desk at about nine o'clock wow. at and night. People didn't even read. They said, okay, we have till midnight. You got to get this passed through. 5,000 pages. That, that's, I, your, that's your Congress working for you guys. I, for, for everybody that's like so against like term limits or, or so for term limits and things like that, I'm for getting rid of omnibus bills. Get rid of omnibus bills. The Congress. All that they do is they sneak things in that'll get them mm -hmm. money for their reelection, money for uh, you know their nice dinner parties for so they can get reelected. It's it's all lobbyists saying like, hey, we need you to put this in. We'll give you this much money for your campaign, but you need to put this into that bill. And then all they have to do is let's say somebody like a true like congressman reads through it, like Ted Cruz did with the last omnibus bill, read through it and started tweeting about everything that was in it. You know. And the, all they have to say is, well, look, Ted Cruz did not vote for the COVID relief bill. He does not want you to get COVID relief. He is an evil man and he does not care about you. And that's all they have to do. It's like, do people not realize that all that they're doing yeah. is lining their own pockets? It's, it's basically money laundering at this people point. I mean, we don't look right. deep enough. Unfortunately, we don't look deep enough as people. We don't look deep enough. And then they say, oh, Ted Cruz hates poor people. At the end of it, that's literally what it's going to be. It's like, really, me. Ted Cruz hates poor people. Not Ted Cruz read through it and realized we were spending like $100,000 on military cup holders or something like that in the defense spending bill. Like, you know, all, all these crazy things. 
Absolutely. Or, or all the media outlets saying that Trump not signing it for, you know, a couple days. They're like, he hates poor people. He's killing us. We can't eat. And I'm like, right. Nancy Pelosi literally said she did not put through more relief until after the election. Why? Because she did not want Trump to send out another fleet of checks with his name on it. Like mm -hmm. this is it's politics. And the media is completely like one sided. And anyone who says that we have unbiased media nowadays, you have not opened your eyes in a couple years, have you? It's it's ridiculous. Get rid of omnibus bills and then I can be a happy man. Like we everyone, like I said, run for Congress and then <laughs> get rid of omnibus bills because it's ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, we're spending millions of dollars in countries that hate us and want us you know burned and destroyed and yeah we just pass it off like it's no big deal and six hundred dollars okay you know my big thing is six hundred dollars six hundred dollars is all we're worth we spent what over three times the amount that we're spending here overseas right in regards to giving to the american people like, oh over over overwhelmingly you know billions and billions and billions of dollars and we're spending that overseas and we have plenty of struggling and starving people over mm -hmm. here that we need to deal with and issues that we're going to have to you know, solve that we're going to have to resolve. And we're just spending that money. Like there's no business. And you have Nancy Pelosi looking at you with eating her ice cream, like let him eat cake. Like straight Mary Antoinette. Not just eating her ice cream. Yeah. She's over at the salon trying to get her little hair done and stuff. No one good and well. Ain't nobody looking at her and her dumb hair. 80 some years old. Looking at her she, she looks like somebody put that's the it second like, She literally looks like somebody put molding clay over her skull. Like it's like she has no meat in her face. It's disgusting. Like I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, trying to attack her as a person, but I will. She's terrible. She's an awful person. Get out of Congress. Credentials no, are falling out a few times when she's been speaking, and she's all shack humor. Like you literally <laughs> got to put her teeth back in her mouth. I mean, no, no you know who's a beautiful woman at in her nineties? Cicely Tyson. Uh, who is that? Cicely Tyson, she she she's a famous black actress. She, she is a beautiful woman, and she's like 94, 95 years old. Um, and she's aged gracefully. Nancy Pelosi hasn't. That's all I'm saying. Get mad with me if you want. Oh, she's 96. I just looked at her. Yeah, she looks good for her age. Thank thank you. Oh, she aged gracefully. Nancy yeah. Pelosi hasn't. And it's, and it's coming from all of that demonic stress that she put on herself from doing all of this dumb stuff that she doing up in you, Congress. You sell your soul to everybody so long, man. To, to Not to everybody. To Satan. Okay, so so walk us through it here. Okay, so it gets to Trump's desk at 600 and that's about we're looking at this at like was it Christmas Day or so? Honestly, it was like Christmas Day. We're looking at like six hundred dollars mm -hmm. at his desk and everything, and we're all going crazy. And he like finally signs it, right? Yeah, he finally signs it. Yeah, yeah. he signed it um, like a day later than what they've wanted to, um, because it wasn't in the law already. States did not have the authorization to like put to like reset their computers for unemployment. So now that has to be retroactive. And of course they're gonna blame Trump for that when Trump was really fighting for bigger stimulus checks. Um, it, so I, I didn't necessarily think a day or even 12 hours was gonna make a big difference, but it, apparently it does. So people are gonna get upset about that. But here's the main thing about it. If you're on unemployment and you're watching this, he signed it. 
you're getting some type of assistance. He recognized that he knew it, but he did also believe that there were going to be negotiations for the sec the bigger stimulus checks. And also there is a section of U.S. code called Section 230. And um it, it's part of internet privacy and decency. So basically internet, so basically big tech companies like Facebook and things like that, they shouldn't be um, censoring people for their beliefs or their actions. And he was trying to get that repealed, but um, they're having, and this is why people are mad at Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's trying to get that stopped Let's talk about Mitch. Let's talk about Mitch. Bring it, bring it, Mitch, and look at what we're doing. Mitch, Mitch, okay, this is how the bill was going to raise stimulus checks was going to be passed. You can pass a bill quickly in both the House and the Senate. It had to do the House first because it had to deal with money, but um, by unanimous vote, but by unanimous voice vote. Only if one person objects, the bill is dead. That's how it got stalled in the House. Then they did an up or down vote with two thirds majority having needing to pass be, to pass it quickly. It passed in the House. The reason why it didn't pass in the Senate by voice vote is because Mitch McConnell was the first objector. And he objected because he wanted this two thirty section 230 thing repealed. And he wanted two other um, items that Trump wanted uh, and they're not coming to mind right now, but there are two other items that Trump really wanted done uh, before January 20th that needed to be passed. And that's what he's holding out for. But my thing is just pass the first that? part and then worry about the second part later. Do you believe that Mitch McConnell is acting in good faith? I got to ask both of you. Do you believe he's acting in good faith here with his holding it up and saying, oh, we're going to repeal Section 230 and we got to throw this no. in? No. no, I've I've never liked Mitch McConnell. I've never liked uh, old school Republicans all that much. I mean, I'm a libertarian. When I see old school Republicans, I'm like, ah, I'm not really a big of a fan. But uh, so I I don't think he's acting in good faith. He's I mean, all of the old school Republicans, they started kissing Trump's toes as soon as he became president. Now he's out the door. They're like, see a boy. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And they're going to continue doing what they've always been doing. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think he knows it's a pipe dream and everything, and I think he's just holding up the line, and he's just trying to get what he wants out of all this, trying to act like he's acting in good faith to repeal Section 230. But we know dang well that Congress and you know the Senate, House and the Senate are in the pocket of big tech through and through, special interest money. I don't know if it's in their best interest to go off and repeal Section 230. There's some uh, Republicans out there that do. Uh, Hawley, commend him for it. You know, Senator Josh Hawley, big on it. But then you look at in certain big tech funding and like where you know people are getting their campaign money. This and that, and it, as sad as it is, some of it's tied to Jim Jordan of all people, and that's one of the big shocking things to me. Of all people, Jim Jordan is susceptible to this, and nobody's like nobody is off the hook. Nobody's totally like unavailable. Like that's it's, it's off. It's totally off. Anybody can get it. There. Really, anybody. If Jim Jordan's able to be bought, goodness. No, you know what? Christian, what I could say about Mitch McConnell is like him or hate him, he he knows how to he has Kentucky wrapped around his finger. He knows how to get stuff done his way. 
Um, I mean, he he keeps on winning in Kentucky. You can't replace him with it with anybody within his own party, let alone a Democrat. You can't really replace him. But is he acting in good faith right now? No, he it basically is political theater. I believe he's upset because he sold most of his soul to Trump. He did. He sold. He sold most of it, but now no. feels no. like he has to come no. back. How, how do you sell his soul? Because that man, the only thing he did was confirm Supreme Court justices and help with the courts getting appointed. I didn't see McConnell a didn't like him because McConnell didn't like Trump in the beginning. McConnell didn't like Trump, but McConnell came because around and he said, "Okay, I can redo the Supreme Court. I can cut taxes. This man is going to work with us on X, Y, and Z. So guess what? I can put up with." That's basically Mitch McConnell's thinking. So basically, Mitch McConnell is in it for himself. He's in it for his own legacy, which honestly, I don't see him having much of one, but he's in it for himself. Um, And a lot, John Corrin, even though I I like him a lot, John Corrin, who's the sec, he's the number two Senate Republican. He's in Texas. Um, He's in it for himself. John Thune up in South Dakota. South Dakota, all of these Republicans are in it for themselves at this point. Um, it's unfortunate. I don't like it, but heck, I'm not. I'm not in office. I'm not going. Yeah. So uh, all I can do is call their offices at this point. I don't know if the people watching knew, but in the original uh, COVID relief stimulus bill that went through, um, only six Republicans objected to it. That original six hundred dollar payment. And I, can, I don't even know if I can name them all off the top of my head. I know Mike Lee, mm-hmm. Rand Paul, uh, who else? Uh, Rick Scott, um, Ted Cruz. Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn. And there's one more. Yeah. You know? And, and out of everybody, those are the only ones that you know, objected to it. And I, I just want to know more reasoning as to why. Um, I do believe the American people are worth more than $600. I also believe American people deserve to know the truth about where the heck the money's going, all the spending, where it's happening overseas, and why people just don't have a problem with it. We understand we want to get relief now. We need to get our money. Uh, people are hurting, suffering, and it's you know, not their fault. And that's why certain things where people say, oh, the best you know, stimulus, the best stimulus check is a job. Like, I get it. I get what you're saying, but it's coming off as very ignorant and sensitive right now because people haven't been able to go ahead and work and do those jobs. Mm-hmm. And when you go off saying, like, ah, you know, it's, it comes off pretty elitist. It comes off, you know, you're not really understanding what's going on. But these people like, need something. And then in regards to the businesses, they got to be able to open up. Because even any amount of $10,000 isn't going to hold them that long. Even if you give the business $10,000, it's not going to be able to fit the payroll, everything else. Maybe a week. The leases, everything that they have to pay, you know, rent, everything. It's not going to cover it all. So... No, there's a whole lot more at stake. And then we see that they're funding things like the Kennedy Center. Like, that's got millions and millions and millions of dollars of funding already. And in the last thing, stimulus relief, we were giving all these, you know, big companies and these institutions money. You know, the Kennedy Center, all these government-funded stuff. And they're still laying people off. Even after they took the money. They took the money and continued to lay people off. Absolute slime balls. Absolutely disgusting. And they're, and they're getting more money this time around, too. Somebody's got to ask a question here about why, and somebody's got to say that they've had enough. My goodness, hold your people accountable. Man, oh God. 
uh, transition real quick into woke sports. Uh, not too much going on in the sports world that I've seen. Not a whole lot of just dumb wokeness going on for the most part. Uh, Notre Dame just got spanked by Alabama. And Roll Tide. Absolutely awful. Nick Saban. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Nick Saban plays for keeps. Now we're looking at Ohio State playing Clemson. We'll see how that game turns out here, too. I think that's going on right now. Been looking forward to tuning into that. Uh, Connor McGregor set the face off against Dustin Poirier uh, out in uh, January. Mid, mid, yeah, like January 18th, I believe. And Jake Paul is still trying to box Connor McGregor for apparently $50 million guaranteed for Connor, is what he's swearing by. So we'll see how that pans out. But that would be something to see. Uh, if that really happens. I don't see it turning out well for Jake, but it's a money grab. We'll see what happens there. And uh, all around, oh, the NBA. Uh, if you guys haven't tuned into the NBA yet, if you look, they're uh, they're standing for the national anthem. Uh, there's no Black Lives Matter on the court. And yeah, you know how crazy is that? You know, just a few months later, that stuff is done. Just like after the election, just done. That plus all the money that they lost with it. So well, maybe they've learned their lesson, but honestly not because all those commercials that they throw on are just terrible. If you guys haven't seen how cheesy and corny they are, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to see how, you know, we're in 2021 now. We're going to see if people finally understand how the woke nonsense hurts them. Uh, I have a feeling some of them aren't going to realize it, but, you know, we'll have to be seeing that. And, uh, Let's see. Chris, what do you got here for hypocritical politicians for the week? You see anything out there? So we have coming from Breitbart. Um, this is only an hour old. Uh, Nancy Pelosi bans gender terms like mother, daughter, father, son in house rules. Um, and this is like you just said, um, like the wokeness. Excuse the car racing outside. Jesus Christ. But um, the this is just wokeness. Like it's just wokeness and they're trying to get woke points to say like look what we did you no longer can say son in house rules you can no longer say mother you no longer say father which i was talking a little bit about this before we uh hopped on and went live but like even if you're transgender you could still be a, a mother a father a brother a sister a brother-in-law a sister-in-law <laughs> like so it doesn't make sense to me uh, this whole wokeness, it, it really is just, it really seems like a bunch of like old white people trying to get down and be like, oh, look, uh, you know, it's like, it's like grandma when she says like, you know, get lit or something. It just doesn't make sense. It, it's just, yeah, these politicians are ridiculous. I, who I'm votes not. for Nancy Pelosi? Like who is voting for this woman? The eighth district of San Francisco. And every person in that district has like eight brain cells. I can guarantee that. <laughs> Or at least the people. You know what, Chris? I love that they put this picture up of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and them because they have the little shawl. (laughs) And this shawl is supposed to be for African Americans, right? But a whole bunch of white people is wearing it. And I'm like, Goodness gracious, what point are you trying to prove? What where are the woke points? You get no woke points before this. It's they really down with the black people, but not down enough to go into the community and say what's up to them. Fancy house in the eighth district of San Francisco. That's where she's at. Chuck Schumer is in his fancy house somewhere in nice 
part of New York City, you, you know, and and they're trying to get style points for stupidity. I mean, if if, if you can't, what are they going to say on the House floor? My day is here with me right now because I'm about to put a bill before the floor and it's a very important bill. So my day, my wife. Oh, no, I can't say wife. This is day. My partner. My partner. My partner. Whatever. My you get, all that stuff. Kind of you know? crap is that, people? I mean, what, what are we doing to ourselves? Yeah, America? I think it's a spouse. You have to say spouse. So the only thing that... So let me read this off. What they're saying is in their place terms such as parent, child, sibling, parent, sibling, first cousin, sibling's child, spouse, parent-in-law, child-in-law, sibling-in-law, step-child, step-sibling, half-sibling, or grandchild will be used instead. So like you can't even, like you have to say uh, spouse's child, sibling's child, like it makes no sense to say it sounds like It sounds robotic. It sounds like, like, like they're people too much money yeah. to waste our time. Is what it sounds like to me. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, what do they say? They want the house to be a place of inclusivity and this and that. Like, this isn't. This isn't that. Congress isn't a safe space. No, it's safe space. That's not what Congress is. They're supposed to be America's best and brightest. They obviously mm -hmm. aren't. We know that they're not. But we're spending Far money. People argue over calling somebody a son or a daughter. Millions and millions of dollars we pay these people each year. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to call somebody a son or daughter when we have much existential threats going on around the world and in our country. And we're we're arguing over, uh, you know, where where does where does Johnny go sit down to go pee? You know, where, where which bathroom does he walk into? And that's just absolutely nonsense. Inclusivity, like that's not what Congress is for. This isn't. It's not a social experiment. That's not, it's not a social experiment. The military is in a social experiment. Congress is in a social experiment. So government agencies and things are supposed to work for the mm -hmm. people, common good of the people. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a total joke. It's a mockery. Yeah, honestly, it's a, and when we think about how much we pay them, most people don't even think about how much we pay just so they can do their jobs. We pay for their aids, for their equipment, for the place that they're working. Mm -hmm. Everything that they're doing, we're paying for. This is all coming out of you know our pockets, our paychecks. So when people are like, oh, well, uh, you know, a congressman only makes, what is it, uh, $170,000 a year, I believe. Uh, it could be a little bit off. Yeah, or maybe yeah. I think it's, it's about yeah, 125, maybe. I don't know. No, it's, it's 174,000. It's a regular member. Yeah, and senators make more than that. But even the people are like, oh, that's not that much. You know, people in corporate America are making millions. Okay, but you don't understand. Like every staple that they use, every pencil, everything that they do, we pay for it. And there's too many of them to count and too many federal workers to count. That we're paying for all of them. Like, and it, it's usually on the burden of people like us. Like, I didn't even get a stimulus check. So screw them. They took three months to think about stuff, and I didn't even get no $600. I'll take $600, but. I'll just say I'm protesting. I didn't get my yeah. stimulus. Do you, do you consider the COVID stimulus like socialism? Well, it's, yeah, it's a form of it, like the relief, but it's also the fact that the government, I'm not saying it's wrong though, because the government forced people not to work. Mm -hmm. So the government should be compensating those businesses mm -hmm. and compensating those workers, but it is socialism. So it's the kind of like a, I would say like the best, like it was like forcing businesses to shut down and work like in regards to them. Like in regards to the government is more socialism than just giving people like six hundred dollar check one time. Yeah, I mean, 
they're both on like degrees of socialism. Yeah, making like forcing businesses under threat of like law uh, that they have to close. That is more of a big government socialist style than saying like, hey guys, we'll give you $600 to help you out. It's tough times right now. Like, of course that's more socialism, but in a perfect world, none of this would have happened. COVID would have still been a thing, but we could have at least been working. I mean, so many, like why does Wal why is Walmart safer? Then you know my small mom and pop store. Why is uh, like Disney? I don't. I always mix them up. Is Disney World California or is that Florida? That's uh, Disney World, Florida. Okay, so Disney World is open, I believe, yeah. right? So yeah. Disney World is open in Florida. That that's more important than mom and pop store where they're trying to pay their mortgage. I mean, like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, well, the, to be fair, Florida for the most part is open as it is, and that's just like state by state. But our biggest economy driver in the state of Florida is our, you know, tourism. It's the biggest driver of our economy, tourism, and like our conservation that we have. So, if we don't have tourism running, like right now, Miami's on a midnight curfew. The nightlife ends at midnight. You can't dance. You have to wear a mask. Like everywhere inside, like. It's it's absolutely throttled. Our, yeah. The economy of Miami is absolutely destroyed because of it. And yeah, man, it's brutal because there's a lot of just individual little businesses like that that can't keep up. Walmart shut down. No, they don't. Even, they didn't even shut down. Period. But if they did, they could still foot the bill and be okay. They could still be okay if they did. Uh, everybody else can't, and they were the ones that had to close. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah there's there's too many businesses that we'll never see again that are just gone. I'll, I'll tell you this, um, in Louisiana, what is the biggest thing that goes on every year? Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. And, and guess who's about to cancel it? The mayor. Now, last year, um, she thought about canceling it, but she didn't think that it would spread, that, that COVID would spread big time like it did in New Orleans. But this year, she is adamant, I believe she's adamant about not um having Mardi Gras. And that is the biggest, that, that's how the state of Louisiana basically makes its money. Mardi Gras and restaurants and alligators, basically, <laughs> or alligator tours. So um, that state is in big trouble um, if they don't reopen or, or at least put themselves on a path to fully reopening. Um, a lot of states are going to be like that. They're going to be in trouble. And honestly, um, like you said, before, Chris, it's a degree of socialism. Um, but at the same time, uh, I hate to say it's a necessary evil, but right now people are hurting. So I'm taking everything that all, all of this money that the government is sending out. I'm, you got to take it with a grain of salt at this point. If you're going to force folks to stay home, yeah, you got to pay them. Honestly, if we're going to do that, then people should be paid monthly. If we're going to go that far and tell folks, okay, you can't, your business can't open, you can't do this, you can't go anywhere, we want you at home, give me 2000 monthly, at least. I would say let's just like uh, maybe tell the government that they can, you know, kiss the darkest part of a piece of whatever body you want to say and then continue with your business there are a lot of people in michigan doing that like there are a lot really? of restaurants continuing to do what they're doing and they're footing the bill i don't know what state the business was from i, I saw it on instagram and so 
uh, I don't know exactly what business it was, but it was a gym and he was like doing a video and he was like, here's all my finds and he's like ripping yeah. them up. And he's like, screw this. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And like, people should do that. Screw them. Screw them. Like, don't pay these fines. Screw the government. Do what you want to do. Um, well, then again, yeah. Law enforcement is not enforcing some of these COVID rules. So, I mean. And those that do, those that do, if you're a law enforcement, uh, any type of official, and you're enforcing these like draconian laws saying that people can't work, people can't have their businesses open, then like all of the conservatives saying like blue lives matter we uh, cop all cops are heroes mm. all cops are brave that is not the case not all cops are brave not all cops are heroes there are some mm. that are just trying to collect a paycheck and they're out here literally stomping on your rights cops are going to be the ones that are coming door to door to take away your guns in a joe biden presidency when he's trying to ban your guns it's not going to be joe biden coming door to door it will be police officers it will be the military yep. so when people say all of them are heroes that is incorrect not all of them are heroes there will be some that will come knock on your door and it may be sooner rather than later yeah 100 mm. percent um that in regards to the gym, it's uh, Attila's gym out in New Jersey. It's Ian Smith. He's the owner of the dude with the long beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The whole purpose of that is to take every single fine and then just challenge it in court because it's unconstitutional as heck and then not pay him. So keep your business open. Keep it running. Don't pay anything. Eventually, those are going to get thrown out. Uh, Murphy's a total tyrant out there in New Jersey, and that's not going to fly. You know? And, yeah, no, I don't think he's been arrested yet. But if he was in New York – uh, he'd, he'd been arrested by now. He'd, he'd have been arrested by now in New York, just barely over the border in New York. Yeah, and which is ridiculous, you know. Yeah, you, you know, and that's where it goes back to is your sheriffs. Your sheriff's department enforces these things. You have a good sheriff. They say, we're not doing this nonsense. People got to get a living and live their lives. It's good. You have a not so good sheriff and they're out there hand in hand with the governor. What do we need me to do today? Who's mm. a, oh, we're going to send the health inspector by and I'm going to walk with the health inspector inside. Absolutely disgusting. And we've seen a lot of that happening. You can't act like it's not. It's happening in plenty of places. California is absolutely awful and people just busted in and walking. But there's actually a few places out by me that haven't shut down at all. And I've given them business already. I'll give them more business, but I'm not going to name drop them for the fact of Karen's out there that are going to, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to name drop them, but I appreciate those people for staying open and keep, you know, keep living their lives. But no, this, this all stops when people decide that they want it to stop. There you go. That That's exactly when it stops. When people have had enough is when it's going to be done. And that, that's all I have with that. Is it literally, we knew, we didn't know what was going on the first time around. We're going around the second time. If you guys, this is full me one time. Shame on you. This is full me twice. Don't let it happen, guys. There you go. Now that's, that's my final thoughts for the day. Well, I'll give, I'll, I'll give mine. Um, just from us talking about politicians and policies that we don't agree with that, you know, are not going the way that we want. Um, coming from SAS, coming from seeing so many young conservatives who are energized and ready to go and meeting Madison Cawthorn, I, I was able to meet him and I had a brief conversation with him. Um, like, honestly, it, it's, our, it's our time as a young generation to run for office. It's our time to make a difference. It's our time to go out there and change politics. These old 60 plus year old conservatives that are wishy-washy and will not do what is actually conservative or what's actually the right thing to do, um, 
and what we agree with and what we want to see done, you know, replace them. Go out and do that and replace them. Your mayor, your school board, your all of these offices matter, even if they're local politics. That should matter to you more than the president does. And sadly, the president has a lot of power right now, so it's it, it does matter a lot. But those local yeah. spots matter more. Go out, go run, um, because I'll I'll probably say that I'm 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 looking into it because I'm I'm getting sick of poli- politicians. Um, I'm getting real sick of these politicians. So man, are we, are we getting the announcement right now? <laughs> right now, are we getting the official I'm running? Like, are we getting the official like announcement right now? We'll see. Yeah, better be on here. I swear, if it's not, I'll <laughs> be so mad. I gotta get somebody to film me coming down an escalator, and then I'll. <laughs> But those are my final thoughts. Honestly, start looking now because 2022, 2024, those are looking like real good years to run um, if you're looking to run. So get get to planning, get to working on it. Well, what I got for you today for my final thoughts is a lot's going to come at us. Um, a lot of organizations are going to be looking at, are going to be under fire. Conservatives are going to be under fire, but... Um, it it and i'm going to be paraphrasing this bible scripture if you, when we get judged in heaven our works are going to be put through the fire and when they're put through the fire if they come back as pure gold what happens <laughs> we've actually done something so let our works let the next 2 years let the next 4 years let our works come back to us as pure gold let them not be burnt um, the way we do that, we have to be genuine. We have to go out there and genuinely state our beliefs. We have to message better. I think the Republican Party and conservatives in general need to start messaging better and to show, hey, you're actually a conservative or this is actually why you should be a conservative. Or And we do need to genuinely show that we do care because it's because I hate when people say conservatives don't care about the poor. Conservatives don't care about you, Omar. Oh, you're you're not you're not rich. No, conservatives care about the poor. It's just the way we get, it's just, we want them to generate their own wealth, not taking somebody else's wealth. Um, so we have to be genuine about our messaging. We have to be genuine in our hearts that we are, that we know we're doing the right thing and we're gonna do everything possible to enact those policies or show that in everyday life. Also, I am starting grad school this month. I am at Liberty University getting my master's in science. I am taking 12 hours this semester, not all simultaneously. They're broken up in eight-week sessions. But I'm terrified because I'm working a full-time job and doing this. But um, I'm excited for what is about to come. Uh, I always loved school. I love learning. Um, I'm glad I got the support of my team here, even though Dayla's not here. I know she supports me 110%. I'm just ready to see what this year brings us, and I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, man. Happy for you, man. Big time. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Glad to be back on the fast track. Thanks for tuning in to Black Friday. We'll be back again next week. Looking forward to seeing everybody again. I'll be easy. Y'all have a great Christmas. Stay safe.